Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. Yeah, it's me. It's it's Brett. Now, before we start this, just a couple of th- right. Listen, right. This week is two big things. One is comic relief, uh, and it also is the one year anniversary since we were allowed to do live shows. So on Sunday for comic relief, we released a special mashup episode called Menus to be Buried with, where I hosted with Ed Gamble and James Acaster finding out about the food they'd like to be buried with. It's a very, I mean, it's it's funny stuff. It's good stuff. I won't lie. It's good stuff. Catch up with it if you haven't heard it. And here, to commemorate the anniversary of live shows, is an all-time classic live one. This was recorded at the BFI in 2019 with a full crowd who could all sit next to each other and one of the funniest people on the planet, the amazing and brilliant Roisin Conaty. Patreon section you can find over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. It's got all the extra bits you'd like from that show. It's got many other classic apps, secrets, videos, all sorts of stuff. So that's what I wanted you to know. But the main thing is, if you haven't already and you can spare to, please donate to comicrelief.com forward slash podcast mashup. I very much hope you enjoy this classic episode. And as always, please be excellent to each other. Right, you are about to hear a recording of the live episode of Films to be Buried With, with Roisin Connery, that happened last month at the BFI. Thanks to everyone who came. Oh, it was amazing. What a brilliant audience. And as ever, the audience bit at the end, where they join in. Look out, you'll absolutely love it. It was brilliant. Thank you to everyone who came. Thanks to the BFI for making it happen again. I'll be doing another one later this year. And, uh, of course, the other thing you need to know is there's extra stuff if you go to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where me and Roisin talk about the greatest opening, greatest closing, film that changed their life, all that business. You'll want to get some of that. It was great. Anyway, here is the recording. Some of it's been cut for legal reasons, obviously. Something's happened in the room that's a circle of trust, you know what I mean? But most of it's there, and I think you're really going to love it. All right. Back to business. Look out! Yes! Beautiful. Oh, you meant to do the dance. All right. Hello, and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, an inner tube, and I love films. As William Blake once said, the tree which moves some to tears of joy is in the eyes of others only a green thing that stands in the way. 
Some see City Slickers 2, the legend for Curly's gold, and see a travesty of capitalism over creativity, while others go, hey, you can never have too much of Norman the cow. <laughs> Complex thoughts from William Blake there. That one was very niche, wasn't it? That was <laughs> very niche, Kumar. Um, <laughs> Every week, I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. This episode comes live from the BFI with this audience. And, my very, and, and an extra one just arrived. And my special guest is a creator, a panel showist, an actor, a comedian, a superstar, a style icon, a hero, an award winner, the finest comedy brain I know, and the only guest I had to pretend the show started an hour earlier so she'd be here on time. Please welcome to the show the brilliant Rasheen Connerty! Hello. Hello. It's Rasheen! How lovely to see you. Thank you. Lovely to see you too. Thank you for being here, Raisin. Shall I tell them? I, I went for a, I had a nap with wet hair. So that's why I look like a lion going through a divorce. Yeah. Um, I've tried to flatten it. You and were it the... won't go down. It's, it's getting bigger. If you've seen the uh, photorealistic Lion King, she was the original model. <laughs> <laughs> um, great to have you here. Now, uh, who, who amongst you saw Raisin's incredible sitcom, which finished last night? Game Face? <laughs> That was, a, that was a spicy move. It was so actually, you, wasn't it? I was right. thinking, what is he playing at? They're like, never heard of it. Um, thank you for watching. Uh, I love it. And I'm going to say this in front of people, because when I say it to your face in private, you always go, oh, you're my friend. But I mean it. Here's what I think about Raisin Connery. Um, I think that she has a really incredible comedy brain. She's like Larry David, if Larry David was a romantic. That is how I feel about... What oh, you do. Bretlins, you're very lovely and you're my friend. Oh, shut up, I hate you. <laughs> but because um, there's a bit last night, if you saw last night's episode, and this is a bit of a spoiler, like the observation of a man telling you that he's talking about his mum's died at dinner and it's a real moving moment, but you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the observation that like, how long do you have to wait till you can eat? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's gold. I, uh, I'm always eating, and people always want to tell me serious things <laughs> when I'm eating. So, yeah, thank you. And the one other thing I say about it in my review of Game Face is um, very subtle. I mean, there's real, like, serious psychological stuff going on, and you just chuck it away. No one <laughs> says, look out, there's some serious stuff going on. You chuck it away and have someone saying spuds and onions. Oh, thank you. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it yet, uh, Raisin's mother in the show puts people into two categories spuds or onions some people yeah about uh i mean i'm not selling it very well yeah like that um uh, <laughs> she says my brother's got a very layered psyche and then i say i'm just as layered as him and she says no some people are onions some people are spuds <laughs> uh you're tougher and tougher than him yeah. wonderful <laughs> stuff now you've done two series of yeah. a fantastic tv show uh do you want to make a film yes good get on with it <laughs> I'm writing a film. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, fucking right. It's pretty... I'm excited. Yeah, so I'm writing a film at the moment. So, yeah? yeah. Fingers crossed it comes out all right. Yes. Um, are you... Uh, do you feel... Uh, one more question about Game Face and the experience is... I know it's hard. 
making stuff. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to go into song. I know it's I hard. Know it's hard. When you're trying to write your show, I know it's Just hard. Make your show called Game Face. <laughs> it's really, oh, you've got very good voice uh, control. Thank you. I know it's hard. Thank you. <laughs> um, what's it like, I mean, for you? The experience, you, you spend years making a thing, and then when you have a sitcom, it comes out, it's like it gets released six times. So every week you have the pressure of, oh, fuck, it's coming out again. Do you experience joy during that time or abject terror? <laughs> you know what I experience because I phone you. <laughs> Tell the people. It's not, it, it's not, um, <laughs> it's terror, you know. Um, <laughs> you put all this, you know, it takes so much work, and I don't think that's always, before you make stuff, you don't realise how much goes into it. So that's why I'm always... I'm far more reluctant to be really critical about shows um, because just the amount of work that goes in just to get something on TV. So yeah, every week it's like I heave from like six o'clock, convince myself it's the worst thing that's ever been made. Um, The show comes out for a bit and I'm like, maybe it's not the worst thing that's ever been made. Um, Yeah, it's quite, you know, I don't have that sort of confidence of like, it's going to go great, I think. I never trust that feeling. I always think that's like, if I've ever felt that, I'd think I'd I'd be really scared if I started thinking things were going well. (laughs) We'll, we'll you better calibrate your reaction then uh, over the <laughs> evening. Um, oh fuck! What happened? Oh raisin. What happened? Oh fuck! I've forgotten to tell you something. What? Oh, oh right. that's really good acting. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, oh. Brett! <laughs> How am I going to put this? Raisin, raisin, raisin. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> I probably should have told you back there. What uh, happened? Oh. Well, I, just, I guess I just have to say it. Um, here we go. Uh, you've died. You died. I'm so sorry. Why, though? You, you, t- you tell me. <laughs> um, How did you die? Probably like a comedy fall. <laughs> like, a planned comedy fall? Yeah, probably trying to impress someone. <laughs> Went, Went too method. far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so don't put a crash mat down. That'll ruin the, <laughs> yeah, the sound. Yeah, anything for the gag. Yeah. So you were trying to climb a ladder for a laugh. Yeah. Not even on set. No. Just at a party. It wasn't even a great gag. Right. It's the worst <laughs> way the to worst go. the worst part of it. <laughs> at the funeral, everyone's going, I mean... I can hear my director say, we'll cut this. As I was, <laughs> as I was climbing the ladder. <laughs> She wants to do it. We'll just get it in the can, get it over done with. <laughs> so you climbed a ladder, mm. fell off the ladder, yeah. very crash mat, died on impact. On impact, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it must have been pretty high up. No, that's the worst bit. Right. <laughs> it was probably no higher than this stage. Right. It, it was, was just... Head first. It was just really bad luck right. um, how I sort of <laughs> fell. <laughs> So a lot of people thought I was acting for yeah. a long time. They were just laughing for ages, shouting cut. <laughs> <laughs> How long was it before people checked? And once I set up the next scene and right, realised right. that they needed me. <laughs> raisin travelling. Ra- <laughs> eyes on Raisin. Oh, she's still on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you worry about death? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> this is a safe space. <laughs> Oh, I've forgotten to tell you one bit. Actually, genuinely, this I don't oh, right. like. Actually, is this for acting? No, this is real. 
this is real is that when I normally record the podcast yeah. like, at, at home no one's there I'll say at the beginning like if you say anything you regret we'll cut it oh, right. just say cut it but like we got witnesses um, so if you right. say anything you, you know if you do your racist stuff or whatever um, <laughs> like we have a circle of trust right it doesn't leave right, the room right, right. and maybe we have a safe word right. uh, if you have one you'd like to give away <laughs> Now you say give away. Yeah. Well, my real one is Tuesday. Yes. You know that. So basically, it just means if I'm talking in a group and someone comes over and you don't want them to stay, you'll be like, what time are we going on Tuesday? And that means do not let them in to right. the circle. So it's Tuesday, isn't yeah. it? Enough. It's funny how we always meet up on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so you, you, uh, you, you do worry about death on, yeah, the, yeah, on yeah. the daily? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's spiral. If you think about death, you just spiral. So mm. I think it's that thing. You just have to sort of not think about it and just keep running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that. It's just like, you know, you just have to keep, you know, until it shows up. Otherwise, it's just, it, it makes everything pointless. You think death makes everything pointless? Not pointless, but it make, if you sort of Fucking consistently hell. feel... <laughs> if you consistently feel like everything's going to end at any point, yeah. then it can make, you know, sort of... Oh, God. It make you feel a bit like that. Yeah. And, you know... I but think... it doesn't make you do it more? Like, oh, it's going to end in a minute. Oh, yeah, better. it can be used positively. I always yeah. think that if I want to do something that's very frightening... Like, when I first did stand-up, I always I used to think, one day you'll be dead. Which is, yeah. <laughs> which is like, quite... Like, I'm not, I'm not good with positive encouragement. <laughs> I need... Um, and I, you know, so even a really frightening gig or whatever, I would always think it doesn't matter. One day you'll be dead. No one cares. And that's yeah. kind of, and I think that's it. So it's good to do stuff. I think it, it gives you perspective, but I think it also can be the other way, which you can just feel very, oh, it's all, mm. what are we doing here? We're just spinning on a ball in space. It's like, yeah. what is, who's writing this shit? Like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, uh, do you, do you believe in an afterlife? I don't believe in an afterlife. Like, you know, like, I'll be me somewhere else. Right. But I, I like to think that our brains, you know, I, I'm sort of, that there's, there's a whole sort of many more layers of life than we don't know, that we don't know about yet. So I like to think, I'm quite mystical because it, it's safe. Right. <laughs> I don't like anything, like, I don't like a narrative to my beliefs. Like, I don't right. like, but I'm kind of like, yeah, I like to think that there's some sort of energy that sort of, you know. I love that. Mm. You think of it like a David Lynch film, like, can't pin it down. <laughs> yeah. Something's going on. Yeah, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it yeah, yeah. that's well, I exactly that. it I, love, I mean scary afterlife but I, I like it yeah <laughs> um, well I have good news okay if you're into more stuff yeah more sort of like there is a heaven oh and it's not like a David Lynch film on the upside right it's nice right they got everything you want Nutribillet they got Nutribillets <laughs> in every room ooh all the ingredients mm-hmm. uh, trampolines you into that yeah. There's a couple knocking about, don't hair worry. Straight, hair straighteners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, they're, obset- they're obsessed with films like that. It's mad. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And uh, all they want to know about is your life through film. And the first question they ask you is, what is the first film that you remember seeing? Okay, so the first film I remember seeing and sort of being aware is Bambi. <sighs> no wonder you've got a fucking bad relationship with death. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, Bambi's a, a, a boy, a boy, boy dear. Is he? Yeah. Maybe I was just really identified with her. Yeah. <laughs> they, him. Yeah. We're in we're in very dangerous waters. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, it's a boy. It's a boy. If you say it's a boy, yeah. it's, a, it's a boy. What? Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, so, <laughs> you, um, you saw Bambi. How? Okay, so... <laughs> Classic way, eyes. Yeah, um, yeah. Old school. <laughs> I'm a traditionalist like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so there's sort of, if there's a sort of precursor. Um, I'd see, uh, the first film I remember vaguely seeing bits of, it's so Bambi's the first full film I remember going to see, but it's right. linked to the story. So I was in Island for Christmas and I saw a film that I can never remember the name of, I've Googled. There was like a bit odd, it was in the background. There was a dog and it was pulling a sleigh for some family or whatever and, uh, and basically to get, it mu- to get the family money and the dog dies. Oh, and I remember being like, what the hell? Like, and sort of just as a dog dead. And me and my sister get into such a state. And my mum's like, no, no. My mum was very good. She would always sort of, you know, placate us and stuff. And so I vaguely remembered that. She would basically she phoned someone going, oh, yeah, you, yeah, no, the dog's round it, blah, blah. You know, don't worry. It's a joke. And I, you know, but I, was, I was sort of my first, but it wasn't a film I'd remember, you right. know. I don't think I understood what films were. Yeah. Um, I just saw a terrible thing happen. <laughs> And then I went to see Bambi to the cinema with my friend Richard and his uh, nan, very lovely Greek lady. And uh, <laughs> the end of the film happens. Yeah. And I'm just like stunned. Yeah, like, like, I what can't is... believe that's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, my mum would normally straight away pick up the nan, anything bad. She'd be like, I t- no, no, it was, it was having a nap. She was really good. She would always <laughs> take the bads and, you know, make it another narrative. So I'm looking at Richard's nan, like, you gotta, you, you're going to have to have a good story for this. And she just looked at me, she went, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what, mate? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just like quiet coming home. Like, I don't know what's happened. And some reason, I think, because my mum wasn't there, it happened. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, that's because my mum wasn't there. They, that happened. Oh, um, I'm very up. small. So I go How on. Old were you? I was like, were we six? Okay. And um, I went with my mum and uh, we were in Camden. And um, I was like, we need to see Bambi. And I don't know if she'd known if I'd seen it. Um, I think they might have been looking after me. I think she did. But I insisted on seeing it again. I had to see it again. Because I thought that my mum would change what happened. Jesus Christ, Raisin. And so I was, <laughs> so I was in there and I was like, get ready. Get ready. Because <laughs> I need one of your, I need like, you, you'll know more. Like that yeah. sort of. And then it happened again. And then my mum was like, and I'm, and I'm looking at my mum, and she's like, you know, and we get out, and then everyone's talking, and it's so sad. I'm hearing the same language I'd heard yeah. the first time, and I'm like, well, then what, what, what do you mean? Like, what? And then she Call tried, one of your mates. Yeah, and then she tried to do her, no, no, listen, it wasn't, no, you've got it wrong, you know. Um, but it was the first time I was really aware that it had happened, and that I was allowed to see it, and that death was real. Yeah, it was really awful. <laughs> And that you, your mum can't undo things just by pretending to phone someone and go, yeah, the dog's around Auntie Lisa's, don't worry. Like, <laughs> Is the dog playing with Bambi? <laughs> yeah. yeah. With Bambi's mum? Yeah, 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 okay. Bambi's yeah. mum just popped over next door. That's made me want to rock in the corner. Yeah. That story. It made me really uncomfortable. Like, if I ever heard about it, I'd get like, I, I'm one of my first, remember, sort of remember getting knots in my stomach was hearing about Bambi again, like, even discussions. Like, oh, Bambi, I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> I didn't like to think about it. God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, big old first film. Yeah, I'm amazed you went <laughs> twice. Did you try a, th- a third time? No, no, no I got the, I got you the got gist. <laughs> I was thinking, I can't. I was thinking about films with uh, animal films. They always die. That's your warning sign. If there's yeah. an animal in it, 
and that's the main part, it's dead. Yeah. I think Unless it's, awful. it's Beethoven and then the animal lives. Yeah. For five sequels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I know people go it's good it teaches kids about death. I don't think I don't think like it's not, it's not good. Like it's all it's awful. It's just a trauma. Life's mm. already traumatic. I don't think I don't agree with it. Like when my dad died when I was old, I didn't think oh my god, I saw Bambi when I was young. <laughs> yeah. Really prepared me for this. Um, <laughs> That's so true. I just think it's you you've literally you, when I see kids put the Lion King on, they haven't seen it. I'm like, oh yeah. no, here we go. It's gonna <laughs> like there's gonna be tears for two hours. Yeah. Like we're just going bringing trauma into the house. Just going yeah, let them cry. Like yeah. it's horrible. Yeah, horrible things. Speaking of which, yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's the film that scared you the most? When a Stranger Calls. <sighs> right? <laughs> Great noise. <laughs> Someone in the audience felt that deep. Terrifying. What, how did you see this? I saw it very young. Absolutely. With your chaotic. mate's nan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Went back again. Surely you just got the wrong number. Um, um, I saw it very young. It was the 80s. Parents were careless. Um, it was a different time. Yeah. Um, so I saw it way too young, number yeah. one. Um, and it was the most frightening thing. It's your house. Uh, do, uh, some spoilers. Are we allowed to talk about spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Does, has everyone seen the film? Yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, a teenage uh, girl is babysitting and someone keeps phone. This is the 80s. So everyone, mobile phones don't exist. There's no, there's only the house phone, you know, so it's a very different technological time. And someone keeps phoning the house phone going, go and check the children. Have mm. you checked the children? And she's like, oh, it's a joke. And it's filmed so dark and it's just so creepy. I mean, it's so bleak. Um, mm. Have you checked the children? And, um, and then I'm going to give you a big old, so it's a bit where you're just like, ah! <laughs> um, the, the police eventually phone back and they're like the call's coming from inside the house there's another phone and like literally yeah. we're like get out it was just it's and it's it's a horrible end it's uh what happens uh i think he kills the kids wow wow yeah you didn't check it twice she doesn't it. go and check for ages and then there's a bit it's she thinks it's like a, she's like dan stop mucking around you know one of those um but there is someone in the house, yeah. So it's um, <sighs> it's pretty. Hell. And then the sequel. It's a terrible sequel. It's really awful. But there's one bit where she's gone to college now and she's successful. <laughs> but it was. I remember thinking it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I talked about it for ages. It's like a real like. And actually, it's terrible. But I thought it was a brilliant piece of filmmaking when I was like 15. Um, She's in this room and she's like, he's back, like he's been released from prison and she's at college and she's got really like floral wallpaper, like green and white floral wallpaper. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Just unrolls from it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was like, yeah. oh my God, these are geniuses. This is yeah. the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was yeah. like, this is how you do horror. Um, but it's, I watched it, really, it's really funny. I've he, always thought about that because he's painted the exact yeah. shape of. But he doesn't have a mirror to check if he no. stood in the right bit. <laughs> like he's he's got out a little like hammer. Like, yeah. Fuck, uh, she's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, spicy stuff. Yeah, but I remember really t- when I, you know when you first start talking about films, like, I tell you what the greatest horror is: <laughs> the man unrolls from the wall. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Yeah, terrifying um, film. What is the film that made you cry the most? A lot of films, yeah. but I would say Still Magnolias. 
that Sally Field yeah. speech. Because um, I can watch that out of context of the film and cry. Right. Yeah, it just made me sob. And it's just, you know, it's not the saddest film in, the, in terms of story. I've seen much sadder films. Yeah. But I think she gives such an amazing performance. And I think when it, it's such a great, version of grief the anger the sort of like why you know and i think um if ever lost anyone it's such an honest kind of you know fury to it you know i'm gonna get welled up but i always when i think about it it's such an honest and then it's undercut so beautifully with the funny after you know kind of it's just a perfect so it doesn't leave you like that sort of you know there's a yeah. immediately it goes to something but yeah it's very very sad um that was a period of time where julia roberts kept starring in films where she died mm. or someone else died very near she was like you know how meg ryan was like you go to her for romantic comedy it was like someone's dying get julia robertson <laughs> yeah she can um, do, she's very emotive yeah there's a lot of emoting mm. good face for it good face for it yeah you can't you can't go you can't sort of cast a, a sort of still face dyer <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're dying move your face yeah. a bit love. we want to we want to see it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, lovely. All right. I'll, I'll accept that. Sounds like an interview. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Uh, I completely disagree, but um, what can we do? Is this who uh, they sent me? Uh, uh, I guess it's your answers. So um, let's move on. Um, why is the film that's meant to be bad, critically not acclaimed, but you love it unashamedly? What did I say? <laughs> the bodyguard. The bodyguard. Oh my god! Top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a lovely film. It's a great film. Yeah, I don't mind it. No, I really love it. I watched it again recently. Yeah. I thought this is a good film. And then, <laughs> do you think it's a good film? <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> thank you. Yeah. I think it's a but it got really panned. And uh, yeah, people sort of like, there's no chemistry between them. It's boring, and you know, it's really well shot as well. Just on a filmic level, it's really beautifully shot. The st- <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing like that? Who hates the bodyguard? <laughs> Do you hate the bodyguard? I hate the bodyguard. Oh. <laughs> I really... It's, it's not my favourite film, obviously, but I watched it recently. <laughs> Backtracking. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's not great. Do I mean... <laughs> Listen, it's not... Maybe my third. No, um, <laughs> Passes the time. I suppose if nothing else is on, but fine. <laughs> I think it's just a good... It's a good yarn, and I think it yeah. unfolds good. And when you find out the sister is... Um, involved uh, in it it's really beautifully done i think like really beautifully pushing it but i think it is <laughs> it just doesn't deserve that level that of... woman is the voice in your head <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't des- i don't i think it, it just got panned and there's been it's the best pop star film ever yeah bar maybe barbara streisand and star is born and gaga star is born but other than where they're playing you know i yeah. think it's I think it's really good. I think it's a good, it's a good yarn, and I think it's a good, you know, it's a little over long, and you know, <laughs> but I, it's very. If it's on, I'll watch it. And you know, you've got that end where she's going to run off that plane and bang out. I will. It's great. Yeah. Leave it on. Leave yeah. it on, mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm. All, I, I never think I'll get it off. I'll watch it. Yeah. Well, despite what this woman says, we're. <laughs> You were allowed it, and it's a good answer. Thank you. Um, but thank you. What is, uh, what is the film that yeah. you used to love years ago? You loved it. You've watched it recently, and you've gone, oh, dear, I don't feel the same way. I don't have one of those. Sticks to her guns. 
Sticks to her guns, I, apparently. I, I was went through uh, this. I really did try and think. Yeah. And I was like, any film I loved as a kid, I haven't sort of grown to hate. I don't think I ever loved... I don't think I've changed my mind on any of the films that I've loved. Have you watched Cocktail recently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I did too. Did you I saw it very recently. I thought, that is a film made by people on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the films in the 80s are made yeah. by people on cocaine. Yeah. Very strange story. I mean, uh, the story's really mad, but it's so, it is very watchable. Elizabeth Shue, she's so great. She's, you could watch her in anything. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is great. He turns up at her house to win her back. Right. Uh, and he's, che- he's been awful. Yeah. He's been awful, but he's the hero. He's been an absolute bellend. Yeah. And then he, t- he breaks into her house, hmm. ends up knocking out the dad and his mate, and then drags her out. And as he leaves, says, it didn't have to be like this. And, he's, and then it's like, oh, great, they're together. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this film? Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably... Maybe... It's weird, isn't it? Because I suppose you have to... I, I'd have to watch them all again. We watch... We are sort of... What we tolerate yeah. has changed so much, you know, kind of... Yeah, you, in the 80s, it was pretty cool to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no. Pretty, in the 80s, it's pretty cool. To <laughs> uh, what is... Oh, you know, this is my favourite question. Oh, God. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily because the film's any good. It might be shit. But because of the memory you associate with seeing that film. It might have been a first date. might have been the day you got a job. day you tried out this haircut. Whatever it was. <laughs> Whatever it was that you remember that film. Um, I think the film that probably would be Bigfoot. Um, yeah. That's a good film. It's a good, I can't really remember the film. I was so young. But um, we'd gone to live in... My mum and dad had split up and we'd gone to live in Ireland in Kerry, uh, which is a very rural part of the country. And it was the 80s. So it was very sort of um, different to Camden, where I'm from in London, which is like colour and punks. And, and we sort of went to this very sort of quiet place. And my mum was obviously going through a divorce and she was sort of depressed. And it was just very kind of a bleak family time, you know. And uh, I just couldn't understand... You know, when you're a child, you can't really understand what's... Everything's so miserable all of a sudden. So two things. Once I went, I went and got my hair cut. I went to a bar in Ireland. They sort of, uh, they would just sell children things. I went to a hair, I went to a, I went to a barber's and uh, with my pocket money and asked for a haircut like Pat Sharp, and uh, they gave it to me. They were like, "Fine, sit down," you know. Um, so I just had this mullet, um, and that didn't cheer my mum up. Um, <laughs> First time she ever swore at me that I remember. Um, yeah. But it was kind of a, just a, a sort of a bleak time. And I remember sort of just sort of thinking, like we'd moved to this other country as well. My dad was in England and it was all a bit, you're a child, it all feels a bit, there's a lot, not a lot of joy. It felt like, and I love, you know, I love the island and stuff, but it's just, and um, my, we weren't doing things that we normally would do, you know, like going, you know, like my mum was down. So like, you know, and there's not as many options in a small, you know, and um I kept asking to go to the cinema and stuff, and she was like, no, I don't want to go to the cinema, we're not going to the cinema. You know, it was going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And Bigfoot, and I had to walk past the cinema to get home. Anyway, so I got my pocket money. <laughs> and then one day after school, I went in, and I bought one ticket for Bigfoot um, for the quarter to ten night showing. <laughs> How old were you? How old seven you? years old. Seven years great. Love it. And uh, I got home, Mum was at bedtime, it was like eight o'clock, I was like, yeah, night. <laughs> 
So I go to bed and I think, well, I have to. It was so manipulative, but very clever because the thing I knew about my mum was what she hated more than anything was wasting money. Um, so about Great. quarter past nine, I got out of bed and I came downstairs in dressed. <laughs> she said, she was like sitting there, you know, and I remember she was having a cigarette. She's she just very like not in a happy place. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just going to the cinema. <laughs> she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I've bought my ticket. I'm going to see Bigfoot. I know you don't want to come, but I'll be all right. Uh, she's like, what? What are you, you know? And she's like, oh my God, this is insane. What did I, you know, what do you do? You can't do that. It's so dope. You know, she's like, how are they selling children one ticket a quarter to 10 at night? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, so I knew, I was thinking, if this plays as I predict it will, she won't let that ticket go to waste. <laughs> but it's a risky move. And I was like, you know, and then she gets my sister out of bed and, uh, so we go and see Bigfoot. What a fucking dream. Mm. And she really laughs. You know, it's kind uh. of like, I think she really, she was like this kid. <laughs> you know, it's just fault. But it was the first time where like we sort of had this, because my mum always brings it up. So it's all one of those ones, you know, we went out after we had food. But it's just a silly thing. But it was one of yeah. those ones where, yeah, it's like I always think of it as like a beginning of her, like our as a family, sort of like, right, well, we're going, going to the cinema again. Things are getting back to normal. Yeah, it was a very... Uh, Can we clap that answer, please? Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Um. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Little, little, little gear shift. Uh, look me in the eyes. Raising Connie, what's the film you found the sexiest? Look away. <laughs> the Born Identity. Hello. The Curveball. Uh, what about <laughs> the Born Identity? There's one scene the in horn. it. So I think Matt Damon's very beautiful. Okay. But it was It's the bit where he washes her hair. I love having my hair washed or touched or anything like that. Like when I was a child, I used to pretend if I scratch, I'd scratch my hair a lot. So my mum searched me for knits. Um, Very she, sexy. She was. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me take you back. <laughs> I like that sensation. There's a bit where I think he's just like dyeing her hair or cutting it because they have to escape. And he just washes her hair over a bath. And I'm just like, yes, please. <laughs> So whenever anyone says what's the sexiest thing, that's the first thing. And, I, and then I try and say cooler things. And I'm like, it's the hair wash in The Born Identity. It's the best. It's so intimate. And it's such an intimate thing to do. And I think intimacy is much more sexy than just in sex on screen. When it's just like that bit where you're like, oh, it's so intimate. But they're not together at the point when they're doing it. 
Yeah. It's great. Really, really great. <laughs> does he does he find any lice or like... He shaves her head. He must have had, she must have had a terrible batch. Infestation. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Um, that's good. Hmm. What's yours? Uh, my sexiest? Yeah. Oh, it's a long list. Silence so. of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, okay, I'll say this because we're at the BFI. If you ever listen to this podcast, uh, the subcategory is um, Troubling Boners, Worrying Wydons, a film that aroused you, but you thought maybe it shouldn't have. Um, what's your worrying wydon? <laughs> I respect you, Thank but you. I ain't scared. <laughs> Well, it's when I was young, um, and it was uh, Smoking the Bandit. Very popular choice. What about it? What about that image is troubling? (laughs) It was. um, I had. It was. I. I felt like my dad had them on a lot or whatever. There was like this film, and it was like men, and it was just like I was like twelve or eleven or twelve, and I remember sort of thinking. Like, I wasn't sure, like, you know, I was just like, well, I really like watching this person. Um, and then I had a saucy dream. And it was really awful. About Smokey or the Bandit? <laughs> About Smokey. Both. And then, um, the Bandit, the Bandit. Who's Who's Bette Reynolds? The Bandit? bandit yeah, not, not, not the Sheriff. Um, <laughs> Don't <then>. be silly. <laughs> It was my first ever sort of sexy dream, yeah. and it was about a fully grown man. But I remember sort of getting up at breakfast, like, morning. <laughs> I'm different now. <laughs> you don't know this, uh, but I'm different uh, now. Um, but Reynolds came at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, Bloody hell. It was quite a... Uh, I was really troubled by it. And I, I, I was sort of at school, I was quiet and stuff. And then I had to sort of... I always have to tell someone. I was like, I need to talk to you about something. <laughs> um, so I... Uh, uh, have you seen a smoking oh the bandit? <laughs> no one had seen us. Anyway, there's an old guy in it. <laughs> like, so old. Um, yeah, it was, a, it's a, it was really worrying. That's a great answer. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. You're welcome. <laughs> um, what is the film that you most relate to? I would say broadcast news. I love broadcast news. Yeah. And I'm happy you said it. Yeah. It's quite hard what you relate to. It's quite weird. It's quite mm. hard. But I suppose um, Holly Hunter's character in it is amazing. The whole film's amazing. And I relate to the sort of... I suppose being in comedy uh, is similar in many sort of an old newsroom that you're sort of travelling to places and having very deep conversations with people you work with and yeah. stuff. And, and I suppose if you're in a newsroom and stuff. So I relate to it. It's just a wonderful film. And that character, I'm not as good a person as her, but she, I think, also, she wants to be very good, but she's attracted to maybe not the best guy. And then she's got a guy who is very good mm. and she can't fall in love with him. Yeah, so I relate to it for lots of reasons. Also, just being a woman in, I suppose, in a business that is predominantly male-dominated, um, it's quite a serious answer. But I hadn't seen. Yeah, I just related to the conversations in it about bit how, what, being good and like not like me, but like having those conversations. Yeah. I hadn't seen them on screen. Sort of done so well and um, so effortlessly. And yeah, and there's a bit which you do, it's such a beautiful thing they do. And they never sort of say it out loud what it is. She just does these scenes that are very still and she just cries and then carries on. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they don't sort of say, like, there's not this, like, inner... There's not, like, this backstory to why... She, it's just sort of, like, being alive. 
it feels like that's what it is. She's just a functioning woman in the world and, you know, a, a human being. And then she just, sometimes she's just a bit stressed and she just has a cry. And then yeah. it carries on. And so whenever, it's a film I go back to again and again. I love watching it. I think it's an amazing, I relate to it. I relate to quite a lot of the characters in it. And it's a film like about what, that people aren't good or bad. So you have these, um, have you seen Broadcast News? Yeah. Um, so there's two, um, the William Hurt character is this sort of very pretty sort of vacuous newsreader and so in a sort of lesser writer that character would be definitely the bad guy and someone you're not rooting for but he's not very smart does that mean he's not deserving of a chance to use this you know and they sort of she gives everyone's got a humanity and I, I think that's how I try and see I think an important way to try and see the world and I relate to people who try and see that there isn't good or bad and everyone has a you know has their own path it's an incredible incredible film I think that's how you write as well Raisin if I may come on mate <laughs> also broadcast news is unusual it's a film about work yeah it's very much a film about people doing a job and that is the main i sort of think that aaron sorkin doesn't happen without broadcast news no like west wing and that sort of thing i think starts with a film about yeah people doing a job yeah and that's rare you know stephen king said this so i mean this ain't funny but uh stephen king in his book on writing he says one secret tip he said People love reading about jobs. I have no idea why. He said, if you want to write a book that people read, get your characters to go to work a lot. People fucking love it. You don't get it so much in film. No. Tip, any screenwriters out there? Yeah. I suppose, Give them a job. I suppose it, it depends on the kind of job, doesn't it? Because in certain... You want to, I suppose with characters, you want to see them at their most rounded. And who we are in an office or within, you know, is so it's, it's kind of you try and have to see them in different environments, different places. Where I think in a with war journalists, like they are, and you know, sort of, I am about to compare comedians to war journalists. Absolutely, get ready. War journalists, firemen, comedians. You know, <laughs> we're out there doing the doing God's work. Um, <laughs> you know, but they're, saving they're, lives. They're high intensity situations. So you have these, bon- like, you know, I think their small talk goes pretty fast. It's hard to s- sort of, it's, and that's what I really relate to that bit where I don't really, I think, don't do small talk. And, and in the film, all of their conversations are meaningful and straight to the point, and, but without being pretentious. It's not like, so, you know, that sort of, and she, it's very written but the writing's hidden. You can't hear the typewriter and that's so beautiful. Like, there's never a bit where, like, the writer's like, aren't I good? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. And I just, yeah, relate to the conversations and her. I'll tell you what, for an answer you hadn't thought about, you fucking nailed that. I haven't even seen it. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what film is objectively, objectively the greatest film of all time? Might not be your favourite. Aliens come, they go, what cinema? You go, this one. I mean, you've definitely had it before, so it might not be the most interesting for you. I know how you like things interesting. Um, <laughs> you've seen my sexiest yeah. <laughs> film. Go on. The Godfather. Uh, wh- why? It has the most parts that are brilliant out of, all the f- out of all the films that I've watched. So if you're just doing an objective across the board, yeah. the scripts, the performances, the music, the, the themes, it has that on a just a sort of very boring way. Uh, which it is. You're selling it. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's a phenomenal film. It's, um, it's about power and, you know, corruption and like, I mean, I'm sounding like someone who's not seen The Godfather, which is really funny. <laughs> like you're it's reading a, the back of it. Uh, they're, a fam- they're a family. Um. <laughs> not, not good people. Not good people. Um, they, they work or something. There's some sort of work in it. Um, 
it's sort of you know one of the it's, you know breaking all of the stuff where you you will for evil you know you will on bad characters is the godfather to give that we were saying that like, giving them humanity and yeah. it's phenomenal that you can will this to work and i mean you know the shots the opening scene even it's it's everything. I think it's an incredible. I can't. I don't want to say anything because it's just everyone said everything about the Godfather. It's just incredible. There's no. There's nothing in it that I don't love, um, bar part three. But you know, it's fine. <laughs> what is the one film you could or have watched the most over and over again? When Harry Met Sally. What a film! That's a perfect film. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So why did you say the Godfather? <laughs> no, I love this but film. I, I, you said objectively. No, that's true. Yeah. And I think objectively, in in the time it was made, it was I think I think you know there's yeah. some spicy stuff in that film. Has it ever been bettered? Godfather or Harry Met Sally? When Harry Met Sally. Oh, when Harry Met Sally. No, I think it's a joy, and what it does, it makes it look easy. Yeah. And that's what people they're like, like something like when Harry and they use it for like <laughs> yeah. the worst shit you've ever seen. Like it's a bit like when Harry Met Sally. Like, it's nothing like it's it's so tight and it's so. Um, the structure of it and the beats of it, it's the, one of the tightest films I've ever yeah. seen. And I, I think because it's a, a, a rom-com and it's like, you know, sort of happy, fundamentally the mood is, yeah. um, that doesn't, it, it, I think people think it just comes easy. It's joyous. It's, you know, it's philosophical, it, but n- done through the best conversations you, you know, you want to be part of, it's, you know, they're both amazing actors and you just, it's that thing where you, the films you want to watch again are the films I think that leave you at the end feeling good, you know, because you oh, watch your films gonna make you, you've seen it, you've seen the story. If it's a sad film, like bless you. you. When I used to see Requiem for a Dream DVDs, I think, why? I have. Why got would that. anyone buy it? You've seen it. Why would you go? Should we put it on again? Nah, yeah. you're good. It's um, Christmas Day. Yeah. I know it's a great film and it's a piece of art, but it's yeah. not a thing you want to go back to. Where's that? I think you can go, and it co- you know, I really like films that cover the seasons as well, and it, it, it yeah. covers. It feels like that. it's just wonderful, and I love Nora Ephron so much, and Me I think everything too. she does is amazing. Again, she hides her writing, and all the characters feel so formed, and yeah, it's just it's a really special piece of work. It's incredible. I love it so much. Yeah, I'll take it. Thank you. Uh, now we don't like to be negative, so we'll do this quick. What's your what's the what's the worst film you've ever seen? Showgirls. Hard disagree. I mean, name one thing wrong with Showgirls. <laughs> I love Showgirls. Go on. <laughs> well, I have a friend called Tim who I went to school with and Tim his parents thought I was trouble and they told him to stay away from me. Stay away from me. That was part of the problem. It's like I kept saying, come away with me, Tim. And, uh, and when we were at school, I snuck him out of school. He was such a like, good boy. He hadn't yeah. done, you know, he was a good boy. And I took him to Showgirls when we were, like, I don't know, young. And went in, like, a lunch break at school. And, I mean, his eyes fell out. Oh, he, couldn't, he couldn't believe it. It was like Smoking yeah, Bandit. Before porn on the internet, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I think about Showgirls is it sort of does what it says. It's not pretending... To be art, is it? I mean, not that it, it is. It is, that's the problem. Right, go on. It, it came into proper cinemas, not like... <laughs> <laughs> you're at the wrong door, mate. Yeah. Like, it's like, it doesn't belong in cinemas. <laughs> it belongs in those dirty little alleys, you yeah. know. And not like I'm not like a prude. It's just got... There's no art. They don't. There's, it's terrible, Brett. It's sort of funny, terrible now. Yeah. And now there's an innocence to it, obviously, because, you know, we're so much more... It's just a terrible film. I mean, I don't... It's just... 
there's not one redeeming thing. The performances are bad. The shots are bad. Yeah. Everything's terrible. Right, I'll tell you two things. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> one is, I, uh, I'll tell you, right, I went to see, there was a play about Lenny Bruce, and uh, it starred Eddie Izzard as Lenny Bruce. And uh, from Saved by the Bell, Jessie from Saved by the Bell, she played Lenny Bruce's uh, wife, and we went to see the play, and there was a sex scene, there was a love scene where they were both completely naked. And again, I was quite young, and I remember thinking... My goodness me, that, that woman is incredibly beautiful. And her and Eddie had kissed and they lay down and I thought, I don't know how he's doing this. And then he stood up and he had a boner. <laughs> and he had to do a monologue to the audience. And I thought, that's good theatre. <laughs> <laughs> that's legitimate theatre. Oh <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it doesn't save the film. Eddie, no. Eddie Izzard's boner isn't going to get this. Uh, okay. What's the, you're in comedy. What's oh. the film that made you laugh the most? Bridesmaids or With Now and I. Yeah, I mean, you can have it. Yeah. You have them both. Yep. Yeah, okay, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> um, I mean, With Now and I was a film I watched when I, I think it's, uh, when I was about 17 or 18. Um, and... I'd never seen anything like it, really. And, yeah, so, I mean, it's hard to add to what's already been said about it. But the dialogue's incredible. The performance is incredible. And I, each time I watched it, it's one of those films where I got a different... Like, I missed lines and right. I had to go back. And I just remember howling, howling with laughter. And they were just... It was a comedy, I suppose, where you believe the characters were real. And that felt... I hadn't really seen that because I love loads of big comedies in the 80s and stuff, you know, but I'd never sort of bought them as real. And these like felt like two real people quite sad and the ending makes me cry. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an in- incredible, poignant sort of uh, film about the end of youth. And I think if you're like going into your 20s, which isn't the end of youth now, now I'm a bit older. Um, yeah. But like that feeling of, yeah, it's got a real sort of melancholy to it that mm. makes the joke so much funnier, I think, because it's just underlying... Yeah. <laughs> but it's real melancholy which is really hard to get I think when, you, um, when you're sort of writing yeah so I loved With Now and I so much and Richard E. Grant is his performances his performance in that I think he should have got an Oscar for that and yeah. I, I, I think now whatever he does just get him, just do get him in and so just say it's With Now and I really but there we go <laughs> <laughs> like they do with Scorsese yeah. and everyone here you yeah. go this is for Goodfellas Shh, okay. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Bridesmaids Bridesmaids is in sort of the last sort of 10 years it blew me away and uh, I think the writing is incredible and I just, it launched so many careers from it because every performance is pitch perfect. And in the comedy, there's not, that's kind of hard to get that many bang on and their individual. The pace of it as well, the pace yeah. is so good yet you believe she's real and again, there's a vulnerability to her but the jokes are great. I mean, Melissa McCarthy just bang straight out the gate, you know, like is... And I just like films that launch someone that you yeah. go, there's no ambiguity about this person. This is a bang out comedy star. This is, she's not fucking about, yeah, like yeah. she's taking it and run, you know, and each scene there's you, you, the, each scene is, it's not just one bit in the film, like on the plane and you know, it's just a perfect film. And I hadn't seen, there's loads of um, uh, uh, films with uh, funny women in and stuff. But I suppose I hadn't seen one in recent times where I was similar age to the people in it. And um, I felt, yeah, so I've really connected with it. And just, it was, 
that it was so so beautifully written and so each the writing's incredible in it and it sounds like dialogue and not gags it goes for laughs not gags bless you um (laughs) tuesday um (laughs) yeah and I, I, it's a film like uh, uh, The Bodyguard, uh, no, but like when Harry met Sally, <laughs> I'll leave on, and and I think yeah. it's it, it it leaves you with such a nice feeling. And it, it's about female friendship as well, and I think I never really seen that explored in adulthood. How like secretly that's what we're like as teenagers. We're very possessive over our friends, and you sort of you have to pretend to grow out of it. But actually, you're a bit like, who's your new mate? Um, <laughs> yeah. My friend uh, moved house to Hartford, and she's got a new friend called Roisin And literally, when she Back told me, off. my lips stuck to my gum. <laughs> I was just like, what you, what, she was like so I was with Roshan the other day, and I was just, I was like, I'm having a, a visceral reaction <laughs> to you and your new Roshan. Um, so yeah, incredible, wonderful, wonderful, joyous uh, piece of work. Great. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the job? <laughs> yeah. You're close, we'll see. God, you've been brilliant. You're so good. Is what? it been all right? Uh, I thought I talked about The Godfather like someone who hadn't seen it. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> Corruption, power. <laughs> mafia? Is it about mafia? So. Oh, there's bad guys. You want to see them. <laughs> um, Don't phone the police or nothing. Just do it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> Someone gets made a godfather. Uh, yeah. There's no babies. Let me tell you that for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go to the audience. Yes. Uh, let's, let's, let's wrap pray. this section up. Let us pray. Uh, Raisin, you've been wonderful. Mm. However, when you were on set and you went off off piste and you said to your director, "I got an idea. You see that ladder? Oh right, yeah. Uh, I'm going to step up. I'm gonna just a few steps up. Yeah. And I'm going to fall off. And he was like, "We haven't really. We're sort of trying to just make the day." And you were like, "No, no, no. Trust, trust, trust." And uh, he went, "Fine, everyone." Because so you went up the ladder just three steps and you fell off head first. And the angle you landed on, instant death. Uh, People laughed. They were like, that oh, wasn't bad, to be fair. I was Great expecting worse. Yeah. Then they were like, move on. And people started packing up, moving to a different location. <laughs> uh, someone, everyone was like, eyes on raisin. Someone else yeah. thought they had three days went past. <laughs> uh, and because your mum hadn't checked in a long time, you had a lice infestation at the time. <laughs> and while you were lying there, these lice laid eggs. Your head became fucking massive. And covered in in an infestation let's call it what it was and so we picked i came around scraped up your body i was so much more of you than we thought because of all these insects and stuff anyway stuffed you in the coffin stuffed you in but there was more of you than we were expecting because of all the lice shit there's there's barely any room in this coffin now there's only enough room for one dvd you can slide in the side you can take to the other side every night in the other side, there's movie night, and one night it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone in heaven, Raisin? When Harry Met Sally. Oh, you will be welcome there. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a one last round of applause for the brilliant Raisin Connery. Thank you. It's been so lovely. Uh, I've loved it. It's been all right. And I have seen um, The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so we've got we've got like not that long left, but if you would like to to share with us anything, uh, I would love it. I don't know. I can't speak for raisin, but someone at, someone at the back already excited. If you can wait for the mic. Hi, thank Hello. you for sharing all that. That was brilliant. Um, I, um My name's Benjamin. I'm a filmmaker, and Hi, I wanted Benjamin. to share with you uh, the film that had the most impact on my life. So the, my first film, by the way, was Bambi, yeah. and I saw it at a drive-in when I was Oof. really little. Oh. Wow. So my parents used to take us to the drive-ins. 
But um, uh, my dad, who left us when I was about nine, was a great dad up until that point. And he showed me a lot of things in my life. And he used to do crazy things. And one Sunday, he just grabbed me and said, come with me. He didn't tell me what we were doing. Normally, we went to have a hamburger in town. That's what you do in America. You go have a burger, you know. Anyway, and he took me into a cinema. It was the first time I'd ever been in a cinema inside. Because you'd only been to drive-thrus? Only drive-ins. Oh, wow. You didn't know there were ceilings. (laughs) It was a Sunday mat. Exactly. I was like, what's that? (laughs) And um, didn't tell me anything. Sat down, and it was Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey. Blood the hell. Yeah, I was probably about seven, maybe. Wow. Love my dad. (laughs) Wow. So... So that kind of informed who I became as a person because I was like, ah, I want to do that. What is that? That that just fascinated me so much. And, uh, and eventually I became a filmmaker and um, I owe a lot of that to my dad. And I wanted to add uh, something to um, your favorite film, which is if you haven't seen it yet, go see Animals because I think it's a very interesting modern uh, yeah, yeah. uh sort of treaties on relationships and what love is now and and oh, uh, yeah, we and, want to say that. Yeah. and the dialogue in it. And I think you'll really appreciate it, oh, especially considering uh, what you do. So that's thank, Benjamin, you very thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Benjamin. Thank you. Um, this is really nice. That anyone lady, else? The, lady, the yeah. lady over there who's sitting near the bodyguard hater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bodyguard hater. <laughs> <laughs> still angry about it. Still, still heckling the bodyguard from ages ago. <laughs> Not over it yet. Her evening's ruined. Hi. Hello, hello there. Um, so I actually only saw The Godfather for the first time four days ago. Hey, you <laughs> so did your I, homework. I get the hype. It's good. Um, so uh, the film. Can you tell Raisin what it's about? <laughs> <laughs> so like this real bad guy. I don't know. Um, so the film that means the most to me is Mamma Mia. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Despite Piers Brosnan's best efforts. But (laughs) um, basically, uh, there was a group of us who used to go to the cinema quite a lot. Be me, my mum, my sister, my best friend and my sister's best friend. And um, we went to go see Mamma Mia because that's what girls do. And uh, so we all sat down and we were watching it. And it got to the scene where Donna was helping her daughter get ready for the wedding. Mm. And I turned to my best friend and she was sobbing, like weeping her eyes out. And I was like, what is going on? And it's important to note at this point that her mum passed when she was 10 years old. She'd lost her to cancer. So obviously watching this film was that moment in the film. We didn't know that was coming. We thought it was going to be like really feel-good, happy film. Yeah. I said, are you okay? And she said, I'm never going to have that moment. Like she oh was, God. yeah, she felt terrible. <laughs> So she, obviously we hugged it out through that scene and then, you know, cheered up a bit as the film got on. And uh, when the film finished, we all left the cinema and um, I told my mum what she had said and she said, oh, you know, she was really upset at that point. And she was like, oh, okay. So afterwards we were driving home in the car and my mum turned to her and she said, well, you know, you are going to have that moment. We're going to have that moment. Like, you know, the two of us, we're going to have that. And so my mum had kind of adopted her over the years anyway. But in that moment, that kind of like solidified the adoption between (laughs) her and my family. That is so beautiful. Um, And then we went and saw it three more times after that. (laughs) Round of applause. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Anyone want to follow that? (laughs) No pressure. But it better make us laugh and cry. (laughs) 
Thanks. I have a much less beautiful story about right. um, really similar to your one about the film when you had like your first dirty dream and the next day you're like, this is <laughs> now all Now you're talking. <laughs> when I was like a preteen, I went through a phase of watching Moulin Rouge every night. <laughs> <laughs> and I woke up and I'd had a like a dream about Nicole Kidman and me in the Moulin Rouge. And um, it was right. like a very intense lesbian dream, but I was still only about... 12 years old and I, ha- I was like this is it I'm drawing a line I have to stop watching Moulin Rouge every night it's gone out of hand <laughs> I had the very same dream <laughs> I think Nicole Kidman's better than Burt uh, Reynolds yeah <laughs> you feel like she'd be more gentle I worry about Burt with you he seems rough uh, does any- has anyone else got a burning desire this, this, this gentleman here I really like this because I like spotting them before you. This is the weird. I'm like, hey. <laughs> GS. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, earlier, you asked the question about uh, best opening scene. Yes. Um, this is probably a cliche, but uh, it's worth mentioning the third man, that uh, oh. wonderful monologue at the beginning. I never knew the old Vienna before the war with its trust music, its glamour, and its uh, charm. And of course, the final scene, which um, has um, the. Uh, the hero waiting, and then Alida Valley just walks down that long alleyway in the yes. Vienna Cemetery, and you think maybe he's got a chance, but no, she walks right past him. And apparently Graham Greene and the director had two different visions of how it should end. Oh, really? And one said, yeah, because Rollo Martins in the, in the Graham Greene um, screenplay, his name was Rollo Martins, and he's a lady killer, and so it has a different ending. But uh, the uh, director insisted that you have to have real life and you can't, you know, have a happy ending. This is the way it's got to be. And, of course, it's perfect. That's great. That's yeah. great. And now the other thing I wanted to mention quickly is that I happen to like um, Shakespeare, but also modern versions. And there's a film that's not very well known. Ian McKellen plays Richard III in a, um, a version of, uh, Richard, uh, of that Shakespeare play, but it's in the 1930s in Britain. Yeah. Is he fa- directed, right? It's an, I don't know if he directed, but it's a fascist. Uh, England becomes fascist, and it's yeah. really amazing. The, the Shakespeare dialogue with the great actors, it's one of the early films of, with uh, Robert Downey, and it's got um, a great cast. And uh, it's, I think it's, it's hard to find on DVD. I'm not sure if it's out, but uh, it's really worth seeing. And then there's the Baz Luhrmann Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet, with um, oh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Brilliant. So th- yeah. those two are great. Well, Thank everyone's you. got a, a, a list to go home to. Thank you very much, sir. A round of applause for this man. Any, uh, what, what, one, one, or maybe two. To be honest, it's sort of like, I don't think we have to leave, but you might have homes to go to. We can do this. I can do this all fucking night. <laughs> What's your name, sir? Um, so my name's Adam. Hello, Adam. That very uncultured answer compared to that guy over there. <laughs> but um, one of my favourite questions is the one that you talk about where the film that made you cry. Yeah. And most recently, really embarrassingly, it would probably be How to Train Your Dragon 3. Oh, fair um, play. <laughs> and so basically, me and my friend Jen have always really enjoyed this, these films. And we were like, oh, like, let's... She's like, oh, I've got a Q&A at the BF, BFI. Like, it's with the director. And we're like, oh, my God, this is going to be excellent. Like, so cultured. Look at us go. Mm. Um, and so we turn up on a Saturday morning and we're like, yeah. 
and just the BFI is full of kids. <laughs> and I'm like, not talking a few, like they are everywhere. They're colouring on the walls and stuff. And then I'm like, Jen, is this actually a Q&A with the director? Because this isn't very good. <laughs> and she's like, no, absolutely. So it's a, sun, a Saturday fun day ticket. Ooh. And we're sat down and we sit down and we're on a row with a family, like proper family, like... 10-year-old, 8-year-old, a baby and an infant. And I'm sat next to the toddler. And so anyhow, film goes on. By the end of it, I've just been sobbing, like, audibly for the last half an hour. And, like, the director's like, oh, I can see a few wet tears. And this kid's just looking at me. And I'm like, don't look at me. Leave me alone, please. Um, Yeah, it was terrible. He finally learned how to train that fucking dragon. Yeah, and it was just made really embarrassing because then the kids were, like, asking questions. They were encouraging the children to ask questions. It's like, why is the dragon black? And it's like, I'm just sobbing in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Round of applause, great. that is great. Oh, there, uh, oh, oh, God. Don't make me choose. We can do both. We can do we can both. Do, yeah, we'll do both. Hi. I'm Hello. not very good at public speaking, so... Hey, so far sure. you've done excellent. I, I did say more than one word. Um, so just, um, I'm from Ireland, so I, I know the experience Welcome. of watching cinemas in Ireland. Um, so my my first memory of um, watching a movie was going on a Friday night with my mommy to um, Extra Vision to get out a couple of um, videos. And uh, I was very wee, and I was the eldest sibling of five, so, you know, I had the chore of, you know, I could pick something. <laughs> so my mommy picked one, and I picked one, and we went home, and I thought... Oh, let's put this on. So my mommy started first, and um, she picked flowers in the attic. I don't oh, know if anybody oh. says. <laughs> How old were you again? Um, about six. Yeah, perfect age. Um, uh, I, I don't know whether it's an Irish thing that you just don't read anything at the back and you're like look at that pretty woman with all the children let's watch this film and so there, I'm sitting there with my mommy yeah. and five children and all of a sudden this this lady starts you know bringing her children to her grandparents and she leaves them up in the attic and about a month later when they weigh two stone and the mommy's got a new husband and, the, and they're all starving we're all sitting there like Jesus I know we had a famine but God do we have to prepare for this um so I was pretty horrified by the end of that, but I thought, at least I have a movie. This will cheer everybody else up. <laughs> and um, I thought, this is must. My mom was like, well, this one probably be better suited to you guys. You know, it's four children. It's called Child's Play. Um, <laughs> by the end of that, I went up to my bedroom and I was like, I never want to see a China doll in my life again. <laughs> and this was the 80s where everybody got China dolls for, for, for every single present. And they all had names. And I went through my room that night, and I did share my room with a couple of siblings. It's like, you better not fucking fall asleep before me. <laughs> and I put the blankets over all of their faces because I knew they were coming for me. And um, <laughs> not that much later, Mommy's like, Oh, I'm going away for a wee while. You're going to stay at your granny's. <laughs> I thought, Fuck, hell, what's going on? My granny was quite an authoritarian as well. So we got down there. She's like, Ah. So nice to see you guys. I've got our nice room for you upstairs. And I went up full of China dolls. <laughs> um, so that's my favorite. But now I only watch Nicolas Cage movies because that's <laughs> where we all know that no, um, he's a vampire. <laughs> if that was your first public speaking, you should do gigs. That was... This guy, Pete Brett. Okay, uh, I think probably last one with this, this man. And, uh, 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 thank you. What, what? Hello. Hello. Uh, What's your name? Uh, Pete. 
Hello, Pete. Uh, I just wanted to share a film that meant a lot to me, yeah. uh, which I actually do not enjoy and will never watch again, which is, <laughs> which is Avatar. Uh, yes. Because uh, I met my girlfriend about 10 years ago, and I had learned how to date off seeing what people on films would say when they go on first dates. So what do you want to do? Do you want to go for coffee? We both don't like coffee, but I just were like, let's go for a coffee. (laughs) So then we had a milkshake and Cafe Nero and just kind of lived that. And then I thought, let's go and see a film as a second date. I mean, I was kind of freewheeling the whole experience because I mean, we hadn't talked much so yeah I thought <laughs> the, best, the, the best way <laughs> well we talked at the coffee but right. I, you know can't continue the conversation in the three hour epic of uh, Avatar right. but I hadn't really thought that through uh, so <laughs> then we then sat through three hours of Avatar and uh, I really was not enjoying it throughout the whole thing it was really tense and you know those kind of thing in a, in a cinema this person next to you you're like oh they touched me do they mean to do that oh, yeah. oh okay and then uh, but no that's all accidental <laughs> and then yeah. yeah by the end of it I was just like I can never see that film again but it did bring us together and we're getting married next year <gasps> and oh, uh, the movies. what a lovely twist it's a great twist yeah. Is this yeah. is this is this I'm your fiance? Yeah, my fiance. This is the, the and the very woman is here herself. <laughs> so I've embarrassed her. Do you recognise this voice? <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, it will gentlemen. not be an avatar. Um, you what? <laughs> wedding. It will not be an avatar. Oh, it has to be. <laughs> We're coming in blue. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, can you? I I've loved this. Have you loved this? <laughs> I mean, so intense I've been, right now. <laughs> what? A, yeah, I've loved I mean, it, Brett. <laughs> Uh, really enjoyed myself. Yeah. It's been a good night been out. Great. Um, I have to say the thing you have to say at the end, so we can end it properly. But I, but before we do the like the official bit, I've really loved it. Um, ready? Here we go. So that was the fifth live episode. Thank you so much to Raisin for being so excellent. Watch all of Game Face on all four at once. Thanks to Kate, Anna, and FCM and everyone at the BFI. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it, but not being here. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. And most of all, thank you all for being here. I will see you soon. Have a lovely week. And please, be excellent to each other. Oh, that's great. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. 
This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 